0: Locked on Boston College here, BC football, two days into practice. What have we learned about it? We're going to give you all the inside scoops and what you should be expecting out of football this week on today's Locked on Boston College.
1: You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. Today, I am joined by the
1: uh, now married Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? It's going good. It's been a while since I've been on. i been busy uh, getting married, moving across the country, starting a new job, all that stuff. Uh, but it's good to be back. Obviously, it's very exciting that BC is back in fall camp, and I'm excited to get to talk about it again. Yeah,
0: so... BC uh, had their first two practices on Friday and Saturday and press conferences with Jeff Halfley, Phil Dracovic uh, and, and a variety of other players uh, over the last couple days. Now the big One of the, you know, when I'm listening to a press conference, I want to find the good nuggets. You know, you can listen to a press conference and listen to Phil Dracovic talk about how excited he is about a upcoming season and Jeff Halfley saying how excited he is and all that stuff. All that's white noise to me. I look for the good stuff. And one of the big pieces that came up was Dracovic's press conference in which he said one of his goals this year is to avoid taking hits. Now, if you remember, Djokovic missed a good chunk of you uh, missed a good chunk of 2021 with a fluky injury, as he called it, which is it's, it's true. That's kind of what it was. But 2020, he talked about all these middling injuries. I think is the word he used uh, that kind of piled up and led up to him missing more time. Mitch, my big question is, when you look at Djokovic, is it going to be po- is, is it ingrained in him to take these hits? Or do you think he can actually learn to kind of get away from it?
1: I think that it's, uh, it's a little bit in the middle, you know, a little column A, little column B. I think that obviously part of Phil Dracovic's game is being able to stand in the pocket, you know, take not like massive hits, but, you know, escape from defenders uh, physically and then get out of the pocket. And like, that's why he drew so many comparisons to Ben Roethlisberger in his first year at BC, where he would, you know, get tackled around the legs, kind of spin out of it and get outside and make a play downfield. Last year, obviously, <clears throat> he didn't play as much. And when he did come back, he was somewhat limited. So there wasn't as much of that. But I think that. It, especially when he's you know running if he is carrying the ball and running downfield there are a lot of opportunities for him to not take as many hits i remember i think it was the florida state game where he was running downfield and was getting big hit after big hit against the florida state defense might have been wake forest as well where he, he just needs to learn how to slide which I, I looking into his background he didn't play baseball so he doesn't have that in his bag you know he played basketball so it's much different you know he's he's thinking more about charging down the lane trying to get trying to draw a foul as opposed to you know getting down with his legs going first so you know look that changing that mentality to try to protect yourself is a big thing And i think that is a, probably what he's talking about but i think in terms of taking hits in the pocket it's more about you know teaching yourself how to like try to contort your body when you are going down so you don't land fully on your shoulder on your arms because that's kind of how he has had those uh wrist and shoulder injuries the last two years
0: it's like that uh ncaa video and i think it's a bc player it's reddick yeah it's chase reddick (laughs) where that i i post that all the time as a joke but it really like how how far off is that actually from a movie if you haven't seen it uh, i'll give you some context there's a a clip going around about it's like a glitch in ncaa i don't know which one is 13 14 something like that where it's chase reddick going back to pass and he's getting sacked and he's going backwards as he's getting sacked And throws the ball on a perfect dime to Alex Amadon, flying down the field. How far off
1: is that actually from what Djokovic kind of (laughs) does? I think I I think there was one play against I want to say North Carolina last year where that exact it was he threw it he essentially threw it away out of bounds, but that exact same play actually happened. I think more so it's about kind of if you know you're getting sacked, you know, tucking the ball into yourself and then trying to kind of twist your torso one way or the other so you kind of fall on your front or your back not on your side i think because if you think about it, i think aaron Rodgers had that injury and that was kind of where they the nfl started trying to kind of flag those penalties where defenders land with the whole weight of their body on the quarterback and especially the quarterback on it's on his side that's where you get those shoulder injuries and that's i think that's kind of what happened with jerkovic i think it was against clemson where he suffered that injury yeah he, where he was got getting driven into the in ground that, he was getting yes. destroyed
0: in that game mm-hmm,
1: exactly um and
0: I, I don't even want to think of that offensive line against uh our 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 offensive line against that defensive line this year, but yeah, (laughs) we'll get into that when we get there. Right. So, you know, I think as you said, it it really is a blend for, for Jakovic because if you go, if he goes from being a guy, as you said, that can actually tear off, you know, defenders and instead just goes to sliding all the time. He's not going to be as effective as he was. He's going to be just any other quarterback out there. It's part of what makes him him. So, but you're right. I think like those moments where Djokovic is like battling, especially some of the times too, where he's like battling for just like a useless extra yard. Like mm-hmm. some of those times too, I feel like just get down,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and there were times where he kind of knew to get out of bounds when he was running. And I think that even just doing that, you know, if he is close to the sideline, like not only will that, you know, help protect you, but if you do get hit, you know, at the sideline, you might draw a penalty, which I can- I remember, I think it was in 20, 20- it was a long time ago. Might have been even twenty sixteen when, uh, no, it was twenty eighteen when the BC defense hit Eric Dungey late on the sideline and draw drew a big flag, and he was a pretty fiery player, and kind of that galvanized them to get a big victory. And what that year that Syracuse was actually good, um, but even that's a way where you can, you know, help your team by trying to protect yourself and not necessarily trying to go all out just to get that extra meaningless yard like you said
0: and now you've i i while we're talking Jakovic here let's i want to continue talking uh, bringing him up a little bit nfl scouts what do you think they need to look for what do you think they're going to be looking for from Jakovic this year
1: uh, accuracy in the quick game it's something we've talked about a lot and that's the big thing because that is really that's what the nfl boils down to like can you be consistently accurate on quick and short throws because if you can't do that then they're they're really not going to put you on the field because yeah sure he can bomb it, you know 50 60 yards down the field but you know I think about essentially like if he doesn't do that then he kind of becomes like a Drew Lock S player where like yeah he can hit some of those big shots at times and make some plays with his legs but you can't really rely on him to consistently operate an offense on a down to down or even a game by game basis so and I think that's something that McNulty is really going to uh, install with this year with this new offense where, you know, some might call them gimmicks, you know, quick RPOs, you know, quick passes, that kind of like screens and stuff. But that's something where Djurkovic has Djurkovic has had some issues, like completing those easy screens with good accuracy to maximize yards after catch. And that's something that the NFL scouts are going to want to see. So you know just being more consistent in that area of the field is something that I think he really needs to display in 2022.
0: Absolutely and it's going to be interesting to see you know he's such a volatile player in terms of his NFL draft stock.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: he could go real high if he struggles he's going to fall he's going to he's going to really crater and it's obviously not what you want to see happen with Jakovic. Now in our second segment I'm going to continue on our camp talk and I want to look, look a little bit into Jaden Woodby and Jason Matry and a little bit talk to Mitch a little bit about the defensive backs and their uh, versatility and what that means to Boston college's defense. We'll get into that in just a moment. Now, as you gear into fall, you need the right people on your team to help you your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and free, create a free job and post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right person to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Now, right now, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is locked on Boston college, AJ black. I am the editor and publisher of Eagle insider, part of the two four seven sports network. And if you have not done so already, we have a special deal on our site to become a VIP member uh, where we have Q and a's uh, premium uh, premium content up, you know, every day you can get in for just less than $5 a month. It's 50% off right now up until, I think it's 8 p.m. today. So you want to make sure you head over to Eagle Insider and sign up and become part of, of the growing BC community that is actually really great on that site. So if you want to check that out, you make sure uh, to do that right now. Now, we're here with Mitch Wolf, and we're talking about summer camp for BC football. Uh, just two days in, and uh, before we get into it, I want to kind of give you guys that are listening a, a more realistic expectation of what you should expect from the media as they cover this, because there was some stuff that came up with some readers and people on online that are asking questions. I'm like, I can't get into that because I don't even know. So, covering Boston College in spring, you get media gets to go for a half hour to ev- those practices that it's open, and those are you know a couple a week. The half hour they give us is the beginning of every practice, which is stretching and warming up for a good 15, 20 minutes. And then you can watch a few quick drills for 10. So for folks that are looking for me, for me to say, Whoa, did Owen Stoddmeyer rise up the, the, the depth chart? And how about Quan Williams? How did he look? I don't get to see any, of that. it's not how it works. So I just want to be realistic with you. I'm looking for what I can at these practices, but I don't get to watch, you know them implementing their scheme or how McNulty's scheme looks different than Signetti's. Uh, I'm just being realistic here, so you guys know what I can and can't tell you because I don't see the other stuff. They they cut it off and then you go to the the the, the press uh, conference at the end of the day. So just a side little note there for those who want to know how it works. So Mitch, we're talking summer program here, talking summer camp, and. I got to talk to Jason Matry, uh, Jason Matry and Josh, uh, not Josh Deberry, Jaden Woodbay on Friday. Both guys talked a lot about the versatility of the defensive backs. Now, Matry, as we know, he went from corner to safety, and he was kind of vague about where he's going to go this year. Woodbay, he could play almost everywhere on the defense. How how important is this to a defense to have guys, and, and it's not just them. Josh DeBerry can play nickel. He can play outside CJ uh, Burton can do the same thing. How is it, how important it
1: is to, for Jeff Halfley and his style of defense to have guys that you can plug and play all over the place. I think it's extremely important. And the obvious, you know, reason would be injuries. You know, if one guy goes down, you can move people around and not have a big drop off and, player performance so that that's the one thing we saw you know DeBerry went out for a game i think you know Woodbay missed some time here and then Maitri missed most of last season i think it was last season yeah yep. um so that happens but the other part of it is just being able to have a scheme where the offense doesn't really know how to attack it and you can disguise what coverages you're running um you know if you look at the, just the body types of maytree and woodbay you know they're pretty standard for a free and strong safety respectively but if you can Line up in a too high shell where you have know, the two safeties back deep pre-snap, but the offense doesn't know which one is going to rotate down into the box after the snap. That's a huge advantage because they don't necessarily know where to attack on the defense. And <clears throat> you know, Matri is smaller, obviously. Like I think he's like five ten, five nine, hundred ninety pounds on a good day. But I'll never forget the play where he came downhill and really knocked DJ Uangalele back on like a third and two to force a fourth down punt. Like that was a huge play that. And DJ Yuan Galilee out he's half a foot taller and outweighs him by 75 pounds, if I had to guess. Yep. And that's that was a huge play for him. So, you know, if you're rotating Matri down into the box or even into the slot, you know, to defend the run on certain plays, like you're not worried about it because he's shown the ability to come up and make those key tackles. And Wood Bay, it's the same way. You're not worried about him at all because he's six foot two, twenty-five. With Wood Bay, it's interesting because you know, him playing in a lot of roles for the defense. I think I'm I'm curious if the defense is going to be playing a lot more dime personnel, given the one, the lack of depth at linebacker and the depth, the good depth on the defensive back, uh, the secondary side. Because, you know, you think about gut you want, if you want, you want to bear, you want Jones, you want what you want. Matry, you probably want brain out there. So that's five guys that are good. You know, you think about like adding another one. I'm not exactly sure who would be at this point. Um, Mari you know, Jackson, maybe, maybe. Probably Mari, ja- Mari Jackson, uh, Cole Batson, Sioni Hala, you know, any of those guys, depending on the personnel. Or even if you wanted to, you know, switch out a normal linebacker for one of the smaller edge rushers that they have, you know, your Donovan as a rock, who's Nito Ikpalas, you know, get some more pass rushing help on third downs or passing downs. Um, and sub out a, a normal linebacker so essentially you've kind of like a five-one-five five defense so you have five defensive linemen on line of scrimmage you have one linebacker presumably cam arnold and then you have five defensive backs you know i think you could see a lot of you know moving pieces with the secondary and that is you want that because again that confuses an offense because they, they can't predict okay like if certain guys are lined up in a certain place they don't necessarily know where they're going to be after the snap or where they're going after the snap
0: it was funny watching practice. One of the things I did notice was halfway, halfway talking, especially specifically about the defensive backs A- at the ACC media day. He said he wanted to be more involved with the offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the media called him out because when we were walking by, who was he working with? The, the defensive backs
1: <laughs> and, he, and yeah. he goes,
0: yeah, you guys caught me. I got to do better at this. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, I, and that's some, that's kind of the charm of Halfley is I think he, he like knows where, where like how he needs to improve every year, yep. but there are just times where he just kind of reverts to his, you know, Comfort base level. nature, which, and he, and he knows, he's like, listen, like this is what I love. Like, you know, I, I mentioned before on the show, like I'm a Steelers fan and like Mike Tomlin, you know, obviously he's a head coach and one of the better head coach in the NFL, but in training camp this year, even though there's a major, uh, position battle the quarterback position like he's still just super involved with the safeties and the defensive like on the defensive side of the ball like it, it, people just football coaches are seriously creatures of habit so it's yeah. hard it's gonna be hard for any of them to break to that kind of tendency all right so we're, we're going from a position of strength the defensive
0: backs and you're right like sione Hala, um jaden woodbay you know who is went from the same high school as saying this guy's going to play this year um And he's going to he's going to be a major contributor to the offensive line and specifically the interior of the offensive line. Now, one of the things I wanted to bring up, too, is that Halfley mentioned that they're going to be cycling all sorts of combinations. So the first practice, it looked like Otto Hess was the starting guard when they had the like very limited opening that we could watch. He was the starting guard with the four guys that you expected. Ozzy Trabillo, Finn Durstein, Drew Kendall and uh, Jack Conley. You look at pictures today and they got uh, Dwayne Alec at center, Drew Kendall at guard, uh, Finn Durstein at tackle. So, there's, you know, so what Halfley's doing and, and uh, you know, Googs and uh, John McNulty is they're they're trying every combination. But is that going to be enough, Mitch? Are you still worried about the interior of this offensive line?
1: I very much am, and you know, even if you kind of, we kind of know that you know Mahogany's out for the year, and so that that is what it is. Um, and you know, I'm pretty confident in Oz Drupilo playing well. You know, I I can't imagine a world where Jack Conley is worse, especially in pass protection than he was last year. Um, so you know, you you kind of expect him to improve at least a little bit. Um, but the interior is really concerning for me because if they get another injury there, you know, kind of, whether it's Durstine Kendall or Hess slash Klein, whoever's the other starter at guard. Like, it's just, it's it's a pretty rough depth chart. You know, you're looking at, you mentioned Dwayne Alec, who's bounced between sides of the ball, hasn't really played much. Blair Mustini who's been on the roster a long time, but hasn't played much. Um, and, you know, it, there's just not a lot of depth. So if there's one more injury, then you're getting some big concerns at a position group. That's already really concerning. I think, you know, if we think about when hathley first came in and they kind of shuffled the entire offensive line around for the 2020 season, you know, you know that he's kind of trying to just get his five best guys out there, which in, and then, you know, try to put them in the best position to succeed for the team. I think, you know, he kind of learned his lesson there where it's like, Oh, we're not just going to put our best guy at, at a position. You know, we're going to try to see where guys really, do fit the best for their skill set. So I don't expect Finn Dursteen to be playing tackle. Um, Kendall playing guard wouldn't shock me too much, given that he is a true freshman or um, sorry, not true freshman. Uh, he's a freshman and they might want to ease him in by playing guard. But I still think it's going to be Conley, Dursteen Kendall, some combination of Kleiner, Hess, and then Shapilo, right tackle.
0: Yeah, and just one other name to watch for. And I don't honestly even know where he falls in in terms of their depth chart. Is they did receive a transfer from a guard over the summer and Christian Curatolo, uh, mm. from Lehigh. And 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 your first probably gut reaction is to go, Lehigh, what the hell? Why would we put a guy like that? But then remember, where did Zion Johnson come from? Davidson. <laughs> so uh you don't know where you know your talent's gonna come from. I and mean, this kid did play for Malvern Prep, which is a good school, so he might, he may be a guy that f- rises up the depth chart as
1: well. We'll know. see. I'm not, I think Zion Johnson is uh, more of the outlier than the rule.
0: <laughs> true, true, but he's there. So that's just one name to watch for now in a moment. I'm going to give Mitch the Mitch, the mic for a moment. And I want to get, I want to get his perspective. I've talked a lot over the summer and I want to get his perspective with three guys to watch for as summer camp kind of uh, trucks along here. But before we get into that, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. You can do anything from game odds to... Player props. I love doing player props. I've been on a Pete Alonzo of the Mets kick over the last couple of weeks, and it's been paying off over and over, doing over and unders on the amount of total bases he gets, um, and it's been hitting over and over. So, been a lot of fun with that. Now, online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have got you covered. Head to the BetOnline on BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Happy Monday for all of you, and thank you for every single person out there that has made Locked On Boston College your first listen every morning. If you want to get your Boston College news, you got to come over here. We're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you in a nice 20-minute uh, episode that you can listen to as you're doing a walk, going to work, doing dishes, whatever you want to do. But just make sure you're listening, and I want to thank you. All right. Now, Mitch, I'm going to give him the floor here because I've been talking all about different players for the last month and a half. Mitch, who are three players that you're going to watch for over the
1: summer? <clears throat> so I'm going to start with one, actually a few that kind of stuck out in the spring game, and I'm, I'm their performances from that game are still in my mind. And one is Xavier Coleman, the running back slash wide receiver, uh, redshirt freshman, I believe. Um, and he made a big play in the, in the spring game where he had a, a big, long reception for a touchdown. And I think he's going to be a big X factor in this offense and that they can use him in a variety of ways as an outsider slot receiver. And as a running back, you know, catching passes out of the backfield, screen passes, jet sweeps, what have you, you know, get just getting the ball in his hands to make explosive plays after the catch, because th- that's what a big part of this offense is going to be looking for this year is, Get the ball out of Phil's hands a little quicker, especially with the port with a questionable offensive line, and let the guys who are big playmakers, you know, make plays with the ball. You know, Zay Flowers, Jalen Young know, are the two obvious ones. Pat Garwood does to some extension in a different way, but Xavier Collin really presents a different kind of skills that this team. In Zay Flowers, they've had it, but you know, if you think about Zay Flowers, kind of his freshman year where he was really that Jetsuit specialist and occasional deep ball, you you kind of want to think about Coleman that way, and you know, maybe he can be a little more. Uh, consistently and properly used than Flowers was as a freshman. Uh, my other one is uh, Ty Clemens, who I think if if you go by some certain uh, counting stats from the spring game, he had like six sacks or something. Yeah. Um, And he's I, I'm i really excited. He had a big game against Temple last year, but then uh, his playing time kind of fell off as they gave more playing time to the seniors like Valdez, uh, Brandon Barlow and Shida Salah. But I'm really excited for Ty Clemens. He's has a more tradi- traditional defensive end build at I think six two or three and two hundred sixty pounds, as opposed to guys like Azaraku, Neckpala, who are a lot smaller. But I'm really excited for Clemens potential. You know, I, I'm not. Sh- we're still kind of questioning Shida Salah's abilities. Uh, it's in terms of consistency. So I'm wondering, you know, how much playing time does Clemens get, and can he capitalize on that? Uh, my before, third guy. Before you get to your
0: third guy, I want to jump in. I'm sorry, this is your time but I want to jump in. How quick do you think? So Salah has been kind of, he's kind of a, a hot topic among VC fans because some people are saying, just like you said, like we've been waiting forever for him to become that guy. How quickly do you think in your perspective, Hathley will pull the trigger to move on to one of these younger guys. If Salah is not doing what he needs to do.
1: I'm not sure it's going to be like a complete benching. I think I think the great thing about having you know a guy like Salah, so you do have a guy who is experienced, but then you know you can try to get some other guys on the field. And like I said, I think they're going to try to experiment with some different personnel packages where Salah is on the field, but along with Valdez and Clemens and Azuraku or Paul, you know, have a lot more of those edge rusher types to get some speed after the quarterback. Um, so I don't think it's going to be just like a complete pull the plug, but it might just be you know he goes from playing seventy percent of the snaps down to you know, 55 and then 45 or something. And, you know, that, that could happen over the course of the season. Um, you know, if, if there's like big, they have, you know, if they have some good opponents early on like Clemson, you know, and if he's just really not getting anything done against quality opponents, then maybe they, he does make a more severe move to just say, all right, like, listen, maybe we'll play on base downs because you are a little bigger than guys like Akpala and Azaraku, but you know, we need some more juice on pass rushing downs, which you're just not offering at this point. Excellent. Okay. Continue on Mitch. So my third guy, and I mean, this is kind of cheating because he was arguably the jewel of the class, but it's Joseph Griffin jr. Um, You know, I feel like every year BC has one breakout wide receiver in summer, summer slash uh, fall camp. Last year was Jaden Williams who was catching touchdowns all over the place. And he had a strong start to the year, but then kind of fizzled off as the year went on. And you know, given the how the other receivers are going to be used, uh, specifically Flowers and Gill, you know, that X receiver position is still open. We've talked a lot about Taji Johnson and see if he can finally capitalize after several strong springs. Um, but I am I think Griffin might quickly overtake him because he's another big body guy who can really play that X receiver role properly. And, you know, him getting downfield and then winning 50 50 balls that Dracova can throw him, you know, down the field, that's another way that they can you know, maybe not have to rely on this offensive line to hold up on these longer developing routes, just like, you know, Phil takes a quick five step drop and then just flings it deep for Taj or for, uh, sorry, Griffin jr. To go get, you know, I'm not sure that there's, you know, Johnson really hasn't shown that kind of deep speed consistently. I'm not sure there's any other guys in the roster that have that, you know, combination of size and athletic ability that Griffin offers. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping that he has the start similar to William that Jaden Williams had last year, and then he can parlay that into a more consistent freshman season as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned it. We have a YouTube exclusive bonus episodes. If you've not checked them out yet, you go to YouTube, look up Lockdown on BC. I did one right after camp started on Friday and Joseph Griffin was the name on everyone's mouth. They he was talking, they talked about him, Jeff Halfley talked about him and, you know, they were asked about him, but specifically, you know, They called him uh, an athletic freak. I think was the name uh, Jalen Gill used for him and you get special players. And when we knew he was coming up, Joseph Griffin was a guy that I think had more offers that were publicized. He's not a very public guy in terms of like throwing up every offer he has. I know Ohio state was very interested in him. I know Notre Dame was very interested in him. I would not be surprised if either of them offered him. He just didn't post it. Um, he's definitely a game changer. And I was talking, I was talking to Andy Backstrom after practice on Friday. And we're talking about how BC has a bunch of guys, Jalen Gill, Zay flowers, Jaden Williams that have kind of a similar build and can do a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. You, as you just said, that X receiver is what you need. You need a guy like Taji, a guy like Joseph Griffin that can do that extra thing to get up, to get those big balls, especially now that CJ Lewis is gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just based off of what I heard, I I love Taji Johnson. I mean, he was just uh, nominated for like the community service award. If you've listened to anything about him, he's huge on campus in terms of a lot of uh, social justice.
1: I think it's the Danny Werfel trophy. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah.
0: But he does a whole bunch, like he did a whole bunch of different things for like social justice kind of things, but really important kind of work. He's really into that. So I want to see him succeed,
1: but I also want to see Griffin get his time. But
0: you know, when you have, it's never that a bad thing to have that many weapons right
1: yeah i mean competition you know imp- improves the quality of the play so you know if one guy you know it's basically you know if griffins dominating that should inspire guys like johnson and jaden williams to you know play better because you know i i really i think i think a lot of times about jaden williams you know having a lot of drop issues over the, and especially over the middle which when you're a 5 980 180 pound receiver you're probably a little more scared to go over the middle than a guy like Taji Johnson or Joseph Griffin. And that's completely understandable. And, you know, think about CJ Lewis, you know, even last year, you know, he didn't play that much, but when he did, a lot of those catches came where he was running crossing routes over the middle because he's a bigger guy and wasn't necessarily afraid to take that contact. And if Griffin can display that as well, you know, you think about some of the guys that Notre Dame has had in the past. I know McNulty wasn't there that long, but they've had a lot of those, Big X receiver types, you know, like Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool, um, Javon McKinley. You know, they've had a lot of big, like 6'3, 200. Um, oh, who was the guy this year? Scronk, uh, Kevin Austin. Sc-
0: a Sc- Scronic, the
1: they, yeah, he was transferred from Notre Dame uh, or Northwestern. And then um, Kevin Austin Jr. this year, who yep. I think is on an NFL roster. So, like, they like having that big X receiver that can go down the field and win vertically. So, I think Griffin is going to have a role in this offense given his uh, physical build and athletic talents. All right, Mitch. It was so great to have you on. I heard I heard buzz that some people think we had beef. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my friend shout out Anthony Gallo. He was like, "Should I stop listening cuz you guys are like not t- doing anything anymore?" I was like, "No, I'm just been busy." <laughs> yeah. It was summer months and, you know, I'm glad that the summer is over
0: from a from a uh, writing and pr- in, in coverage perspective because you know i'm over here trying as best as i can to talk about football and i know mitch was super busy so i was like just me doing it on my own but no guys mitch was mitch is great he's over with me at eagle insider now too doing some stuff so mitch talk about what you're doing right now for eagle insider
1: uh, you can find me at Mitchell T Wolf, WOLFE on Twitter. Uh, I'm posting, I'm starting our opponent preview series. So I'm watch, I just, we published the, uh, offensive preview for Rutgers. Uh, the defensive preview should be coming out if not today, very soon. Tomorrow, um, yep. we're just kind of going on. Monday, uh, sorry. Oh yeah. Anyways. Um, so we'll be breaking down BC's opponents. Um, not sure how I'm going to find film for Maine, but we'll see what we can do. Um, and then uh, I'm also working with the 33rd team, which is a website, kind of a football think tank, a uh, lot of really cool NFL personnel there. I'm their head of or um, editor of uh, DFS and betting content. So if you, uh, you know, AJ mentioned, you know, bet online, if you want any uh insight on who to bet on or who to play in daily fantasy or just regular fantasy football then make sure you're heading over to the 33rd team all right mitch thank you so much and we'll see you again next week oh yeah i'll I'll absolutely be back i got time
0: (laughs) all right excellent so thank you again and uh this is aj black you can follow me on twitter at aj black underscore bc i am the editor of eagle insider make sure to follow us on uh our website hit that star button become a vip member so you can chat with us on our site and get all of our premium updates. We're going to have Brian Doan on our site today in the morning. If you're listening to this in the morning, he is one of our national recruiting experts. He's going to talk all about BC recruiting and answer all sorts of questions on our message board. If you sign up this morning and get that 50% off deal, you can go and check out what Brian has to say about the future of BC recruiting. This is not something you're not going to want to miss. So check that out. This is AJ Black. Again, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about summer camp and uh, more updates as we go along.